0: Welcome back to New man. This evening, our discussion is about state planning. My guests are Gordon Stewart and Harry Joffe. We were busy dealing with a question that came in, and I'd like to just take it a bit further. Uh, the question asked was if I left my assets have been left, a property has been left to a trust, and the trust renounces, and Harry's not sure one should, nor neither's Gordon, renounce it in favor of the then it'll automatically go to the wife. The wife oh. now receives the assets and now you save the state duty because if the asset is in excess, let's say the asset's a 10 million rand asset, you're going to pay death duties of the, uh, in anything excess of three and a half million, whereas if it was left to the wife, you wouldn't pay anything.
1: But Brian, so, uh, a couple of points I want to jump in here, if, if you don't mind. So Gordon, first of all, hit the nail on the head perfectly. You know that this renouncing as a trust is very dangerous because a trust isn't there for one beneficiary. A trust is there for all its beneficiaries. And you might well find that if you renounce, some of the beneficiaries are prejudiced and they're going to be very, very unhappy. And remember, it's not just the direct beneficiaries. There could be grandchildren involved here as well. But secondly, you know, we're assuming if the trust renounces that the wife will get the house. But you remember, we're going to have to look at the Interstate Succession Act because if the trust renounces there's no beneficiary in the will. We have to look at the pecking order in the Interstate Succession Act, which is wife and children. And they might have to share equally. So the ma- wife might not get the house entirely like they think they will. And then thirdly, you know, for the trustees to renounce and overturn what the deceased wants in the will is also to me very suspect because h- why do we think we can overturn what the deceased wanted to do? He might not wa- have wanted the house to go to his wife. Maybe he wants uh, to be protected, maybe he's worried the wife might go insolvent, maybe he's worried she might remarry and the new husband takes over the house, a very common worry. And of course, the estate planning is even trickier because even if we save estate state duty now by giving it to the wife when she dies. There would be a state duty on the new value of the house. If we leave it to the trust now, we pay a state duty on what the value is now, but the growth in the house we don't pay a state duty on. So this is not a simple issue. Just renounce and everything will be okay. I think they need to yeah. take this a lot more and, and, just, and a lot more detail.
2: And just to add to what Harry said, there, you know, Brian, we've talked about yes, that we're saving a state duty tax, but we're saving a state duty tax for one person, i.e., the spouse, uh, and that benefit. To the spouse has to be weighed up against the loss of an asset to the rest of the beneficiaries.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, there might not even be such a big estate duty saving, because if the spouse has to share that house directly with the kids under the interstate succession laws, you might save a very small amount of estate duty. Say there are three kids, and the wife and the three kids share equally, then in fact you're only saving 25% of the estate duty and you're not putting the property in the trust, you might actually be losing out. So this is not a simple one. To I- if,
0: if, if the will said that m- my wife inherits everything and the trust had to renounce the property, does that not automatically fall into the will?
1: Well, not so simple, because if the trust renounces, they're a beneficiary. So first of all, the wa- will couldn't say, my wife inherits everything if the trust is inheriting the house. So if the will says, my wife inherits everything but the house, which goes to the trust, if the trust renounces, there's no heir for that house, then it goes according to the Interstate Succession Act. If the will says my wife inherits everything, and if the trust renounces she then inherits the house, that would be different. But I doubt the bull says that. That's
0: too detailed. Any, any Any final comment, Gordon? No, I think, okay. I think that's been covered. Okay. OK, I got an email from Chris in the USA. He says, I received pensions from various insurance companies in South Africa. Recently, I received a communication about a change at SARS that instead of taxing me on the amount earned from one company, which means that, th- that at the end of the year, I've underpaid tax, so I'm now going to send a directive to all the companies based on an assessment and tax me at the higher rate, is it possible that I could retain the status quo? Is? I'll be simple answer. The answer is yes. Harry, why would they bring this new... Oh, well,
1: this Brian, your viewers, I can tell you, they actually scare me. I actually think they actually, they're tapping into me and Gordon. Why? In some of our conversations. This is changing last week. There's a change coming from SARS where they're saying, if you're getting inerties from different sources, then each company is taxing you on the tables for that inertie And if you add them together, you should be paying more tax. So you're actually getting undertaxed. So SARS last year came up with this change to automatically tax you at a higher rate. Now the insurance companies aren't happy because they say it's not fair on the taxpayer because they might not be paying tax at the higher rate. So as we speak today, we're still in negotiations with SARS at the insurance company level to see what they're going to do. If they're going to keep the status quo and allow you to pay more tax if you want, what they call opt-in, or they're going to tax you automatically at a higher level and ask you to opt out, so that viewer is really very sharp, and I'm worried he's actually checking my emails. Got well, you
0: years. can you can opt out. I saw the circular myself. It that says being queried. That's still being queried.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a very very tricky. Position. Well, well,
0: well, g- will so continued. Gordon, be continued. I think you always said to me, and uh, correct me if I'm incorrect. You always said to me rather underpay tax then overpay tax, because it's so much easier to top up when you have to than get a refund from SARS. You still got that view, Gordon?
2: <laughs> I, I was probably going to add that point, too, to the conversation. It's much easier to <clears throat> pay in when you yeah. do when you submit your final tax return than to try and get the money back out of SARS. Now, I mean
1: Gordon's right in principle, but here we might have a, no choice, because SARS are looking, it looks like they're going to change the whole directive system, and you won't have a choice. But I like Gordon's view in principle.
0: Okay. Then Gordon, Charles in Pretoria says, all my children now live abroad and they never physically emigrated. On my death, my assets are divided between all of them and included are some immovable properties. Once all the properties so, are sold, will they have any problem in moving their funds to the country of residence?
2: Brian, it depends on their status. So mm-hmm. oh, if, they, be- if they haven't formally emigrated, then they're still subject to the same exchange control rules as, as any other South African. They would then need to fall back and uh, make use of their foreign investment allowance to get the money out of the country.
0: Yeah, but can they fall back if they're living outside? I mean, I thought that's only for South Africans.
1: Not the 10 million. Yeah, so I the, about, 1 million the 1 million. Is coming for, to now. The 1 million is only for South African residents, but the 10 million is available for non-South African tax residents yeah. still. And I can tell you as well, just to jump in, There's a circular from Saab from May last year talking about this, and the industry has gone back to Saab to try and get that circular amended because it's very, very tricky how you apply for the 10 million tax clearance if you're not a tax resident anymore and you don't have a tax number. So they're trying to work with us on this. Mm. But again, we're in communication with Saab and Saas. This is not set But but at the
0: the moment, if children abroad who've never physically immigrated left at a young age, inherit. They it have to apply
1: for the 10 million to get the money out. Gordon's right. Yeah. have to
0: apply for the 10 million. But you say they, if they don't have a tax number?
1: Then they've got to get a tax number from SARS. And that's what we're working with SARS and SARS. They might not have to get a tax number. There might be a specific category that they're going to have for people living overseas who are not tax residents who don't have tax numbers, that there is a special way for them to apply. But that is still not final. Again, we in discussions with SOB.
0: Uh Gordon, Simon in Cape Town asked if my wife and I both take the foreign exchange allowance of one million. Can this be moved into a trust and how does it work? In assuming I apply for further foreign exchange transfer, can these also be transferred into a trust? It's a two-part question. So maybe, Gordon, you yep. can just start with the first part. You. Harry, you'll come in.
2: Fantastic. Thank you, Brian. So, look, technically speaking, yes, the $1 million single discretionary allowance can be transferred to an offshore trust. Uh, but I would caution Simon against establishing a trust for two million rand or even two million rand and then adding two million rand thereafter. Uh, Ideally, the capital in the trust should be enough to produce sufficient income um, to cover the costs of the trust, plus also keep pace with inflation.
1: Brian, I mean, I agree 100% with Gordon. To set up a trust for those, they're big amounts in rands, but in dollars, they're small amounts. And you'll find the cost of a trust, you know, you're looking at four and a half to $5,000 a year for an offshore trust will normally eat up all your return on those amounts of money. And let me just jump in here because I'm not going to pass up the opportunity, Brian, working for an insurer. You know, a much better option for this client, if you want to get estate planning and you want to do it cheaply without these high costs, let them buy an offshore endowment policy. You know, they mm-hmm. put the $2 million into an offshore endowment policy. They can nominate a beneficiary on that wrapper. So when they die, the money pays direct to the beneficiary without going through probate. And they can have it in a wrapper which is very tax efficient at a much, much lower cost than a trust. And the other point, of course, is when you transfer money to an offshore trust, as Gordon spoken about very often, we have transfer pricing and you've got to charge interest on that transfer depending on which currency you go into. All of that can be made much simpler just by an offshore endowment policy with any of a South African insurer. You avoid the transfer pricing issues, you avoid the interest issues, and you still have a beneficiary and you still have very efficient estate planning
0: at a much cheaper cost. Now, guys, in our next program, we're going to spend a lot more time on CITES. Simply because it's been around for many, many years, mm. never been applied, but now with foreign exchange uh, information and general reporting standards, mm. I think that CITES has now it reared its head and there may be real obligations on executives to report CITES to the various US and UK authorities. Let's carry on. Harry in, in, in Mike in Mildred says, we now spend half the year in Australia, half the year in South Africa. What is our tax position? Where would residency be considered for debt duties?
1: Okay, so again, great question, Brian. I mean, we, we borderline cases here all the time. So, first question we're going to ask is where are the assets? So, you know, if you've got assets in South Africa, even if you're tax resident in Australia, you've got, say, a property in South Africa, we will levy a state duty here, just on what you said on the Citus tax principle. So, if they are assets in South Africa, we will levy a state duty here. Obviously, they are assets in Australia, but they don't have a state duty, remember, they've got some kind of capital gains tax, there's no state duty in Australia and secondly the question is where are they actually tax residents because you know they might live six months here six months there they have to decide in which country they are actually living and I doubt the six months to the day in each country so we have to look at the double tax treaty see where are they tax resident and that will determine a lot of the income tax issues but in state duty generally we apply the common law principle of tax residency and we also look at the status of the actual assets so it's not a simple question to answer they'll probably pay a state duty in South Africa and as I said, they don't pay a state duty in Australia.
0: Okay, well, Gordon and and Harry will both be back early March. We're going to talk about societies. We're going to carry on. There are a lot of questions. I'm sorry, Diane, I never got to your question. I didn't get to, um, um, let me have a look at Barbara um, in Scarborough. I didn't get to Geraldine in Whitbank. I didn't get to Jenny, forgive me, but we've come to the end of our programme. Harry, thank you for joining me. Gordon, Great, yeah. good to see, good to, hope to see you soon and enjoy Mauritius. As, as mentioned at the outset, each person's circumstances differ. But whoever you are, you do need to ensure that you've carefully considered who is to inherit and whether it will be by way of will or a trust. The docu- n- documents need to be regularly updated. Guys, thank you. Please note that tonight's programme is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's programme will be once again dealing with short-term insurance. If you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching and good night.